Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon run into the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but what? here comes a pizza. See it? This is our fucking city. And nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Jake's here. Pete Blackburn is here. And we got Tyler Milliken of 98.5 The Sports Hub. Um, Zolak and Bertrand is the show that you're associate producer for. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to those guys. Shout Uh, out to 98.5 The Motherfucking Sports Hub. Uh, specifically Zolak and Bertrand, the show, the midday show over there at 98.5. They're crushing it over there. And trust me, I love 98.5 The Sports Hub. I actually just got back from 98.5 The Sports Hub. You can catch me every Wednesday from 6 to 7 on 98.5 The Sports Hub with Tony Maz on the baseball hour. Again, that is The Sports Hub, 98.5 FM on your radio. You can catch me right there because um, I just want to promote that. I just want to promote that because I'm a sports hub guy. I've been a sports hub guy since uh, 2015. Little background, just just off the top, just off the top. This is just a random thought that I had. Uh, 98.5 The Sports Hub brought me in. Uh, it was actually, it was Zolak and Bertrand that brought me in. It was Zolak and Bertrand that brought me in, in in 2015 because I went to their competitor across the street. I won't even say their name. I'm so loyal to the sports hub. I won't even say their Thank name. Thank you. Yeah. So in 2015, I I I covered. For I will W E I. All right. All right. That's <laughs> uncalled for. Yeah, as well. I, I I we'll get to it. We'll get but to it. I'm I'm not a 98 by the guy. Yeah. Uh. So I got I got W E I their first interview with David Price right after he signed with the Red Sox. Never heard anything back. No thank you. No nothing. So I was like, all right, whatever. Started a desk job. And uh, I used to listen to audiobooks. And if I wasn't listening to audiobooks, I, I used to listen to Zolak and Bertrand. That's what I would listen to. Great show. Love those guys. Still do. And uh, sometimes they would talk about my tweets or my blogs or something like that. They would always give me shout outs, which I very much appreciated. So on my lunch breaks, I started going out to my car and calling in the show. And then they would put me on the air and we would talk socks. Me, Beatles, Zoe, Hardy. It's a good time. The next year, they offered me a spot. Hey, why don't you come in once a week? I was like, okay, sure. I would love to. That's a tremendous opportunity. So I started doing the spot at the 98.5 The Sports Hub, Zolak and Bertrand, 10 to 2. And uh, then the station across the street was like, hey, we heard those spots that you're doing on Zolak and Bertrand. Why don't you come do, do those over here? And you know what I said, Tyler? They offered me 3X. They offered me 3X what The Sports Hub was paying me. And I said, suck my fucking balls. 
I am loyal to 98.5 The Sports Hub. And uh, <clears throat> then in 2017, I moved to New York City. So I couldn't go on 98.5 The Sports Hub anymore. And it made me sad because I loved going on with Zolak and Bertrand. It was a good time. And then uh, I moved back 2020. Actually, when I was in New York, I, I did a little bit of, uh, I did some hits on Toucher and Rich because they asked me to. They called me and they were like, hey, would love to have you on. They were supportive back when we couldn't get credentials. Toucher and Rich were like, get this guy credentials. I was like, yeah, yeah, Toucher and Rich, that's awesome. I was pumped. Nothing from Zolak and Bertrand. They never called me. Then I come back, start doing some stuff with Maz. Love Tony Maz, my guy. I have fun. That's the baseball show. It's the baseball hour. Talk baseball for an hour. It's awesome. Once a week, every Wednesday. Again, 98.5 The Sports Zone. Uh, and I enjoy it. Anytime that I've communicated with Zolak and Bertrand, it's always been because I called in. Because I, I'll still listen to the show from time to time. I don't not listen because I don't like it. I'm just, I'm just busier now. But when I do listen, they, if they ever bring me up, I'll call in and be like, hey, what's up? And I'll come on. And every conversation since I left in 2017 has always ended with, let's do this more often. Like, I'd love to come back on. Let's do this more often. Do they ever call? They don't. They don't. But I'll go on with Toucher and Rich. I'll go on with Maz because they asked me to and they want me to be there. So I can Bertrand. It's weird because I was listening today. I was listening today. And Beatles said that I, I pick fights with them. How am I picking fights? I haven't even talked to them. They won't talk to me. It's crazy. It's actually crazy. What's crazier is that they played audio from this podcast today. And I feel like I got blamed for a lot of it. None of the audio that was shared on the show was me. It was Pete. <laughs> this is, you know what this is all over again? It's when Blake Swihart's mom started posting in the Jerry Remy Report Facebook group about how I was a monster because of things that Steve said. I was like, wait a second. I didn't say any of this. I didn't. So they're mad at me. And, I, and you know, when he said I pick fights with them 12 times a year, uh, he's referring to the one time in the history of the world where Lou Merloni was saying how, you know, there's a lot of baseball people or not even baseball people, just Boston sports radio hosts uh, are telling people to not watch the Red Sox or discourage or shit on the Red Sox. Lou is the only guy. So I was like, all right, yeah, fuck yeah. And at the time, I wasn't getting checks from Sports Hub. I wasn't getting them from EEI either. But I still never went back to EEI. Once Zolak and Bertrand brought me, brought me over in 2015, never, never did another day for WEI. Never. But now we have this, this, this issue where it's... And I'm just speaking on me. I'm not bringing Tyler into this because I don't want to make this an awkward situation for Tyler. But Beatles saying today on his show that I don't appreciate what they did for me. Wrong. That I pick fights with the station, that I hate the station. I just came from the station, Beatle. <laughs> like, I, I drove half hour. To, I don't need to do that. I want to do it. I enjoy it. I love working with Tony Mass. Let's just, let's just say last year that both stations were interested. Where did I fucking go? Where am I right now? 
I conclude my my case here. Still love Zolak and Bertrand, but I feel like there there needs to be a hug it out moment because uh, they they were saying some shit today that uh, I just it's not that I disagree with it. It's just flat out incorrect. So I don't want to have the I don't want to put Tyler in a weird situation. Uh, can I can I say something, please? I love those guys. Those are my boys. Uh, if I didn't say it last podcast, right? I treasure my spot on Zolak and Bertrand being part of that team. Jared, mm-hmm. do not play anything. Um, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't do anything. I, I know that look on your face. Um, I, I appreciate everything they've done for me. They have been so big, and not only me getting the opportunities I have today, um, but continuing to get opportunities and do different things, talking baseball. You know, before Zolak and Bertrand, there was no Tyler Milliken. It was Tyler Milliken who just posted tweets on Twitter that no one cared about. Um, so everything they've done for me and continue to do for me and will do for me um, means it. You know, Hardy, Zoe, Beetle, uh, Tom, everybody um, from day one up until today and so on. Continuing um, thankful, extremely thankful. Um, and I, I can't speak, Jared, for how we can mend you in this connection that goes way, way it before just seems me. Like a big, it seems like a big misunderstanding. I, I think to that's me. what it is. And I, I think we didn't say like, if anything, it not to burst your bubble, Milliken, it, it didn't matter if you were there or not, no. because it wasn't a live show. Like it was, if it were a live show, then we would have done it on the weekend. It was a Thursday at 11 AM. Like, Pete was just hanging out in the fucking corner. Yeah. Really? All, I just, like, that's all it was. Uh, like, and we, at uh, no the point, reason that it's, Pete didn't say it. I didn't say it. Jake didn't say it. No one was like, we fucking need Milliken here and fuck <laughs> the sports hub for not letting him do this. Like, were we sad that you couldn't be there? Yeah, because like I knew that it would have been cool for you to see how many people like listen to the podcast and appreciate you on the podcast. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit here and be like, why the fuck did they not grant you permission to be here? I get it. That's your full-time job. This is this is a little side thing that we do for fun. That's fine. Like, I don't know. It, it seems like a big misunderstanding, miscommunication that I don't want to spend a lot of time on either because we got to talk about a Pittsburgh Pirates series that didn't go so well for the Boston Red Sox. That's what, that's what I want to end up talking about at the end of the day. But uh, I'll just say, my uh, first of all, I started my whole thing last week with Tyler, don't want to get you in trouble here. <laughs> so the fact that the fact that there's made an awkward situation literally said I didn't want that to happen. So uh, but I will take I will take some blame that I, I potentially stirred up some shit. It's something I've been known to do. I don't have a relationship with 98.5 The Sports Hub, so I don't give a fuck about them. I love I love Beetle. We have a common common interest. We both love John Mayer. I've hung out with him several times. Uh, I've met Zoe. Seems nice enough. Done stuff with Michael Felger. That's the extent of my relationship with 98.5, the sports hub. I've, I've never been on their airwaves, never done anything with them. I've done stuff across the street because they've asked me, like you said, Jared, only one one side asked, what are you supposed to do? So, yeah, they asked me 98.5 didn't. So I'm not I'm not opposed to stirring up some shit with 98.5, but <laughs> I'm not I here. don't want Tyler to be in trouble. I, I don't want Tyler to be in trouble and I'm not here to stir up shit. I just what I, I read that situation. It was very. Uh, Manny Ramirez, Roger Clemens in the 2003 ALCS when Clemens threw a fastball high, but it was really nowhere near him with no intent. And then Manny just went out with the bat. (laughs) Like it felt like, like they were just looking for a reason to charge the mound on me because I didn't even fucking say anything in that clip. None of that was me. That was all Pete. 
<laughs> I didn't fucking say a word. So whatever. I mean, again, I'm I'm interested to hash it out. Whether if it's on their show, if they ask me to be on there for the first time in seven years, I'm happy to do it. Uh, if if it's on this podcast, great. If it's behind closed doors, fine. I'd love to have the conversation. But to say that I pick fights with the station and that I don't appreciate the opportunity, save it. Spare me. Spare me. Spare me. Spare me. That is also over. It was it was born out of my disappointment that Tyler wasn't at the meet and greet. That's it. Like, that's it. But I, I, I know I that I said like they why. should give you the day I, off, but like I understand why they wouldn't. But I was yeah. I was disappointed that that was the the David Ortiz interview was the first time that I ever met Tyler in person. So being at that event <laughs> and not being able to meet Tyler and not being able to drink with Tyler, especially after the I missed the first event, the uh, the watch party where Tyler was a superstar. I I was upset. I was uh, I was a little I felt like I was robbed of that that experience. Yeah, that means it's okay, though. Thank yeah. you, Pete. I, I I want I want Tyler if not if when we do a live show, I've already said this to you, Tyler. I'll do it on a weekend. I will work around your schedule so that we can have you at the live show. I'm never gonna put you in a spot where you have to choose. Would it have been cool if they were cool about it and they're like, yeah, you know what? We support you. We want you to go to the meet and greet and see all the people that love you. That's awesome. That would have been great. But because they're like, hey, we're, hey, hello, over here, Sports Hub, we're your full-time job. Uh, hello, like it's opening day. You're the baseball guy. No complaints at no point. And you can attest to this, Tyler. Was, was I like, what the fuck? They won't let you? What? No, like, no, no. It, 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 it was it never anything happen. like that. And like, I don't know, if, like, like we said, when we talked about it, when it's a clip, right, things get taken one way or it's kind of cut up to, you know, communicate it as fast as possible. But. You know, it's above me. I'm not the one who can make the decision for like, you know, who comes on the show or anything like that. But I think, you know, you guys both have a long history and I'd love to see everyone on the same page because I, you know, using the parent analogy, I don't want to see my parents <laughs> fighting. I want everyone to be happy. We don't it's have to live one-sided. under one home. We don't have to live it's under very one home. one-sided. I, I, I saw Beetle last summer, thought we were good. Uh, apparently not. I don't know. Like Zolak, like I, I, I talked to him last year. Uh, I think they love I think they have a lot of love for you I think we're just there's some miscommunication um, or maybe just the need to catch up maybe mixed signals I guess so I I did like that Zolak was like I don't want to be the naughty mom (laughs) (laughs) Zolak's man yeah I don't know I just I I don't know I feel like there there were some less less on Zoe's side more on Beatles side I feel like there were some unspoken things that he wanted to get off his chest in regards to me and my relationship to the show or the station and it feels like an easy fix because he was wrong about most of the stuff that he was saying. Just seems like a miscommunication. Love to have the conversation. All I'm saying is John Mayer's got a fall tour coming up. We can all settle our differences there. And I love John Mayer. I know. That's why I say that. Yeah, I love John. Tyler, Mayer. what's your relationship with John Mayer? Makes bangers. Okay. I don't know any of his music. I know he's very hot, though. Like physically or musically? Physically. Well, that was a hot open to the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just well, it's only because like I I didn't I didn't know I didn't know that I, I was at Sports Hub was not told that, that they talked about this on the air today. I just found that out. Listened to the clip and I was like, wait a second, what? It was it was outrageous. So before we <clears throat> before we start the show, start the show. Baseball season's in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered. 
for all this season's action. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park uh, with DraftKings same game parlays, combine multiple bets in a single game for a shot to win an even bigger payout. Join the big league action right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet uh, just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code Jared. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Um, mm. Jake, how do you feel about your baseball team right now? Um, I felt a lot better three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, today was actually the first game that I didn't go to at Fenway. I have been to every single game so far, and it was becoming very, uh, like I was like very Groundhog's Day where I just felt like I was reliving the same day over and over and over again because I was reliving the same experiences at Fenway. And uh, I I know that there are going to be a, a lot of knee-jerk reactions. I've done my best. And Tyler, you'll probably get to this point. Pete, you probably don't see as much of it. Uh, seeing the just ridiculous overreactions from Red Sox fans. I just don't look at it because I don't, I don't want to see the panic in the streets. I get that people are frustrated and I've never said you can't be frustrated. Like whatever you feel how you want to feel. But if you're going to sit there and tell me, nope, told you season's over this fucking team last place. Fucking got to fire Heim Bloom. This guy sucks. Yeah. I just don't want to hear it. I really don't like it, it. They haven't even played a game on the road yet. Uh, it's, it's still so early and we've made this point multiple times. <clears throat> the Red Sox are not playing with their intended roster yet. You get Bayo back. You have Whitlock in the rotation. You add a Paxton who knows, like I'm not banking on James Paxton being any type of savior, but it would be wild to throw up the white flag before you add arguably two of your best starting pitchers to the rotation. You've had one turn, one turn through the rotation is where we're at. Corey Kluber pitched today in the series finale. And by the way, pitched pretty well, five innings, one earned run, only a couple strikeouts, but like whatever, like he got out. Some people wanted him in there another inning. So I saw a lot of fighting on Twitter today saying he should have been out there for the sixth inning. Yeah, and, and I don't wanna I don't wanna insult your intelligence if you're listening to this right now by just giving you a list of excuses and reasons why you should still believe in the Red Sox. People that listen to this podcast, they they're pretty upbeat people. Like I feel like they're pretty optimistic until it's just the writing is absolutely on the wall. For you, shouldn't be anything on the wall right now. Should still be a blank canvas. You took the first. It's not like you get you, you lost both series. You took the first series. And I don't want to hear the people who are like, oh, but they should have lost two out of three. But they didn't. I don't give a fuck if they should have because of a drop fly ball. They didn't lose the game. They won the game in the conversation after Monday night. Like people had it completely flipped the other direction. It was they should be four and oh, 
Everyone was saying <laughs> yeah. they should be 4-0 and if the starting pitching had just shown up and did its job. If Corey Kluber didn't get smacked on opening day, if uh, Cutter Crawford didn't get smacked around in that first game of the series, everyone was on the opposite end. One series, don't get me wrong. It's embarrassing. You should never lose a series to the Pirates. Never mind, get swept. But, you know, it was only a couple of years ago in 2021, you got swept by the Orioles to start the season. And they were so, they were as horrendous as any team in recent memory. Did you, did you hear my, did you listen to me on uh, 98.5 The Sports Hub on um, the baseball hour with Tony Mass? I did not. So I'm going to run a take back that I had that I knew that it probably didn't sit well with everyone, but I'm standing by this take. They didn't get beat by slapdicks in this pirate series. Like Reynolds hit what? Three homers. Yep. All three of their starters average fastball velocity is 96. Uh, their closer Bednar He's he's an all star <laughs> like Whoa. it's like, yes, the Pirates are going to be a bad team this year. You got swept by a bad team at home. Yes, all of those all of those things are true. But the biggest key contributors in this series were not slapdick players like these are all guys that in a perfect scenario, if the Pirates were like, hey, we're having a full blown fire sale. Everyone is up for grabs. The impact players in that three game series were the top three players besides uh, maybe O'Neill Cruz, who didn't have the best series. Uh, those are the guys that everyone are, that their teams are calling on. It's like you didn't lose to no name fucking clown shoes. You didn't. I think where the anger comes in and it's justified and we're going to get into it, but it's more how you lost some of these games. You know, the first game, right? Should have won that game. Cutter Crawford gives up seven runs himself. The bullpen yeah. is amazing. You score six runs. You could have scored more in the fifth, the sixth. I think it was the eighth as well. You didn't end up putting it on. And you have the Rafael Devers pop up in the first inning that fell. Cora said Kike should have probably called for it. Whoever you want to put the blame on. That kind of opens the gate a little bit. The second game, you have the Reese McGuire pass ball. Boom. That, that sets you off in the second inning. And then today, whatever was happening defensively between Cassis at first base, going to third base. And then Yoshida throwing home. Devers doesn't cut off the ball. Devers almost dies because Caleb Ort throws it to him. Uh, nice giving up two earned <laughs> runs today, Caleb Ort. Uh, sorry, sorry. Back on. You uh, can't run him into the ground. Oh, spare you me. Gotta you got to charge his batteries. Really? Um, yeah. But that, like, I think there were some rough 2022 vibe losses, but I'd go there and tell you the yeah. first series of the season wasn't 2022. It was the opposite. It, it, if you just, no. I won't even say opening day. All of it was not 2022 vibe because you were fighting back and you were scoring nine runs a game. This series felt kind of like the opposite of that outside of the first inning. Yeah, this, this series felt like a little bit like towards the embarrassing side, which is what I wanted to get away from from 2022. The the two notes like one, I saw a stat that was like Red Sox pitchers have thrown it like right down the heart of the plate on like, I don't know, like an absurdly high percentage of of strikes or whatever. and that like to J Jared's point, like their best players killed you in this series. But like you think about teams that have more good players than the Pittsburgh Pirates, you probably would have gotten fucking destroyed by a better team throughout this entire series. So like that's where my concern is. And also like the embarrassing stuff that makes it look like like what did you do during spring training? Like what did you what did you work on? Why is it looking like you're shaking off uh, an entire winter's worth of rust in this series in terms of the communication between guys on the field? And I think Maz had the stat 
tonight that wasn't updated. Again, Tony Maserati, 90th out of the sports hub. He's on Felger Mass from 2 to 6 p.m. Uh, he had the statistic that they are 30th, which, by the way, Jake, how many teams are there in Major League Baseball? Uh, 30. There's 30 teams, so that would make them dead last in defensive runs saved, and that's not including the series finale against the Pirates, in which they were absolute fucking dog shit. And <laughs> like the play, the Casas play, where he gets like the, the in-between hop and he goes to third base, I mean... Euclid and OB disagreed on it. Like OB called it a heads up play. And Euclid was like, you got to take the out at first. Cora and, and I, Cassis after the game disagreed on it. They both gave different messages as well. What did Cora say? Cora was like, he should have went to first base. Cassis was like, yeah, I, I think I made the right play there. Like he basically kind of doubled down on it and said like, I thought we needed a spark. I thought, you know, I could get the backup catcher um, delay uh, at the time and try to get him. But who was uh, covering first? Um, it was either Cass's choice to go back and take it there. He would have went and hit the bag himself. That's at least how he put it. Yeah, I mean, in that spot, you're you're losing. It's not like you had a run to give there. You get the out at first. Um, but you know, I, you win some, you lose some. I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's a fine line between trying to make a play that that gives a spark and making a play that ends up looking pretty stupid if it doesn't work if, out. Right. It's it's risk versus reward. Like if you don't get the yeah. out, now the inning continues, you're already losing, the run ends up scoring. It's, you know, it, it's it's not a good look. But if if you've got a if you've got a run to give and you want to fire up the boys and then whatever. I, I don't know. It's just uh, I'll add on the defensive run save stuff. Proud of Maz for bringing a stat up like that. But it, it's it's like that's very <laughs> small sample size for something like that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't overreact. I'm not telling you the Red Sox are going to be some amazing fielding team. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't read too much into it either through just six games. I don't I don't expect them to be some ridiculously great defensive team. I expect them to be fundamentally sound. Like it's not about, oh, you're not making the play that other guys can't make. It's. In the in the Cassis spot, knowing that you've got to get the out at first versus firing the ball across the diamond on a tag play, like it was a tag play, um, and at the time I believe they were down four to one. So yeah, I I don't know. I and this is all just one play. Like I don't want to put it all on Cassis. Like there were plenty plenty of defensive miscues, uh, whether they were labeled as actual errors in the game or their mental mistakes. Plenty of things I'm sure the Red Sox wish that they did differently just in this series alone um, against the Pirates where uh, it's yeah. I mean, I would just I just I can't wait for a starting pitcher to not give up a home run like we haven't seen that yet. You know, we'll, we'll get to a point where maybe a Red Sox starter doesn't give up a homer. We at least we at least got rid of the trend of a Red Sox starter giving up two homers. It was only one from Kluber today. That's progress. Baby steps, baby. Yeah, I'll even give Nick Pavetta the benefit of the doubt because he shouldn't have given up that first homer. He should have been out of the inning. Okay. There was also a play. I don't, I don't remember what inning it was. Santana. Maybe it was Carlos Santana. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I had the I had the dugout seats. That was last night, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had the dugout seats last night. And I'm just, at this point, so sick of seeing Red Sox pitchers give up a home run. And I just normally when you're at a baseball game, your natural instinct is to follow the ball. So I I'm sitting close. I'm looking at Pavetta. I want to watch him hit the pitch. And then I, I see Santana swing 
big time launch angle on this swing. Solid contact. Sounded like a barrel. So I see the ball go up in the air and I immediately lock on Pavetta. I don't look. I don't look at the ball. I don't look it. And uh, I just see him go, God damn it. Fuck. And then I was like, oh, man. And then he hit a home run. And I'm, I'm with Emerson. And uh, he's like, I see everyone like walking off the field. I was like, what the fuck happened? I was like, what do you mean they're walking off the field? He's like, he caught it. I was like, he caught it? And then Nick Pavetta just pr- like continues to walk towards the dugout and is screaming, fuck, fuck, <laughs> like going down the stairs into the clubhouse after giving up this fly ball out to Carlos Santana. I, I mean... So, sure, it, you know, he shouldn't have given up one of them, but he very easily could have given up that one to Santana. They did show a little bit of that clip of Pavetta walking <laughs> off the mound screaming, fuck. I didn't know he went all the way down in the clubhouse, but that sounds like All the like way him. down the stairs screaming, fuck. Yeah, I'll be the first one to put my hand up. When it went off the bat, I stopped looking at the TV as well because I thought mm. it was a three-run jack. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I feel like <laughs> you watch enough baseball. You get a good rip. Plus, the balls are fucking flying, flying at Fenway this year. Did you? Okay, oh. it's not just Fenway, by the way. Did you see that stat the other day? That was, um, I think there was on Monday, there were 53 homers hit across baseball that day. Yeah, it was the second most ever, like total for an April day of games ever, home run wise. The only other time it was uh, 57. So this was 53. It was 57 one day in 2019, the year of the juice ball, and then 2000 when everyone was already freaking juiced up as it is. I mean, no one hits home runs at Comerica, which is good. I I, I saw the stat was 123 home runs hit last year and already 21 hit at Fenway in six games this year. Baseball is such a weird sport. It's the only sport where like the, the actual equipment, the ball is like. It can change from year to year and everybody's just totally cool with it. Like if you if you were to play football and you just like suddenly the, the football started flying like a fucking nerf howler <laughs> out of a quarterback's hand, everybody like, whoa, 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 what the fuck is this? And then like you had basketball when they switched the, the brands and the players were like, this is a little bit more sticky than the last brand. Yeah. We need to throw these in the trash and go back to the old ones. The NBA was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Sorry about that. And then the NBA, the NHL, they were like, they put chips in the uh, in the puck like a like couple of years ago. And players like, no, these suck. Don't don't use these. And NHL was like, all right. Yeah, you're right. We'll go back to the regular ones. So like the fact that the the like literally like baseball changes based off of the ball and it's widely acknowledged and just accepted is crazy to me. You see what I got? I did see that you got that in the uh, the booth. No. Kike, right? Kike. My pal Kike. I thought you got it in the booth. Uh no, it looked like the booth. I, I was I was in State Street. Shout out to State Street Pavilion, by the way. Uh Ruth, who's up there, she's an angel. Jake, you know Ruth, right? She's the absolute best. She's the best. Uh got me a birthday cake. They sang happy birthday. Um I was told. I was told I don't mention State Street enough. I feel like I mentioned that I'm in State Street all the time. I'm in State Street Pavilion. Shout out to John, Pam. So by the way, Pam, uh, you, you guys know Livy. Livy was one of the Section 10 MVPs. 
So Livy is like she's she's kind of like floating. She's not always in uh, State Street, but she sometimes is at the entrance. Um, but Pam is one of the like greet. I don't know what you would call them. Fenway ambassadors, greeters up in State Street. And uh, Pam actually got the Kike foul ball and she threw it to me. She listens to the podcast. Shout out to Pam. She's the absolute best. She's like she's like the mom of the State Street Pavilion. Um, but yeah, that, I've never gotten a, like an actual foul ball at a game before. This is my first one ever. In my, that's why doesn't count. people were. And I agree. That, I agree that I still have to catch one. But like even even in that scenario of just getting a baseball at a major league game. I've never done that before. I got a batting. I got a Kevin Euclid batting practice home run in 2008. Uh, in 2009, Julio Lugo threw me a ball at batting practice. Um, and then in 2007, when Eric Gagne was in the middle of blowing a save against the angels, a foul ball landed like on the seat next to me and my buddy picked it up. So that's in and, and 2004. I was in Baltimore for the last series of the season and Miguel Tejada hit a f- uh, foul ball into someone's beer that was sitting like five seats to my right. So I've never, even though I, w- I can't count this because shout out to Pam, Pam made the play. She just happened to give it to me because she's an angel. Uh, I've never gotten a foul ball. That was my first. And the fact that it was Kike, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it forever. Speaking of uh, getting balls in the stands, what did you do? Now you got to talk about the Yoshida. Debacle. Oh, I thought I thought someone got face fucked in the bleachers for a second. <laughs> no, you you think I would have saved that? <laughs> I mean, listen, I sometimes you get a, you get to save the element of surprise. Yeah, no, that would have been we would have let off the opening day episode. If you just uh, if you just had that video. If I just saw somebody getting face fucked in the bleach. Yeah, speaking of balls in the face. That <laughs> family has a target on its back right now. The things I was seeing on Red Sox Twitter, it was scary. People people are really considering it the curse of Lucas. Who is Lucas the name of the kid? I believe so. Um, so I I have seen people get yelled at like Steve tweeted about this and people were coming at Steve being like, why are you fucking tweet about this? It's a kid tweeting about the whole family. Like, I think if you were. If you were like, I don't you know, what? I'm going to call Katia right now because I, I think he just quote tweeted our tweet and was criticizing the tweet. Like, oh, if you paid a ticket, then. You know, it doesn't belong to the player. Let's see this fucking mm. idiot. You've reached Chris Cotillo. Oh, he's right he, back he'll, on the list. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. He addressed this last, yeah. last the last time. He's he always like, keeps disturb. it on do not disturb. <laughs> yeah. So, so you got to call a second time. Yeah. That's psychotic. Like, who is blowing up Chris Cotillo to where yeah. he needs to have his phone on do not disturb in the first place? It's not on do not disturb tonight for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually didn't read your tweet. I just saw that you quote tweeted the podcast though. Where where are you on this this Yoshida home run ball? I mean, I just think that whatever offer they possibly gave those people had to be like season tickets, Ted's frozen head, the whole bit. Like there's no no one's ever turned down that offer before, right? Um not even for though, a ball even, like even, that. 
Even Ryan Brazier in Tampa was like, just, you know, just give yeah. me whatever and I'll do it. Yeah, I, I don't know what the offer was. I re- so I remember, I can't remember what year it was, but when A-Rod hit a home run at Fenway for, I think it was to tie Willie Mays. It was like 660 or 661. He did it at Fenway, hit it up on the monster. And this was back when David Ortiz and A-Rod hated each other. And yeah. they were trying to negotiate with the fan who caught A-Rod's ball by giving him like a David Ortiz signed bat. And Ortiz was like, don't give him like, you're not fucking using my merch to get A-Rod's ball back. So it was like, that's the only time that I can think of where a negotiation went south. I can't remember if you got the ball or not, but that, that was, yeah, the but this, is not, this, this isn't bad. It's not judge 62. I mean, no, it's a, I mean, yeah. it's important. So you see the, but like, and not, if not, you not don't, record breaker. if you don't get the ball authenticated, the second that you leave the ballpark with that baseball and it's not authenticated, it is absolutely worthless. Like there's no right. way to prove like, all right, this is, I'm holding it right now. This is Yoshida's first home run. Like guys, <laughs> I have just as much of a case to say that this baseball is Masataki Yoshida's first big league home run as the family that actually caught the baseball. Like, just give him his fucking yeah. ball back. Maybe it came into the press box and I have it. <sighs> um, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And that's why you All are right. the worst to, to do it. <laughs> like, it's Can just, I go now? No. Um, I'm trying to... Well, where do you stand on it? Like, do you think that they should give it back? Or you, like... Uh, let me I first. tweeted my thoughts. I said, any anybody who pays for the game has a right to do whatever they want with whatever souvenirs they come into contact with. That being said, I'm sure the Red Sox godfather offered them, and either they didn't understand how they were losing the deal, or they were just somehow being greedy and watched the judge chase and thought they could get millions of dollars for this. Like, I have no idea, but they, the Red Sox or, or teams never, ever lose that battle, so I don't know how they did this back. It sounds like they're just stupid. It sounds like they think yeah. I, I bet this is all Aaron Judge's fault. This is I, I'm, I'm going back to that. This is the first time I've had this take. I never thought of this until right now. This is Aaron Judge's fault. If he doesn't hit 62 and there's not a big hullabaloo over the bidding of that ball, I guarantee you the father or whoever in that fucking family that was being an asshole about keeping the baseball, that doesn't happen. They just take the negotiation. In their head, they're like, oh, a meaningful baseball? In Major League Baseball, oh, okay, I can get millions of dollars for this. Then he's going to go home and literally get nothing. Like he's not going to be able to sell that for shit because all you're going to do, it's like it, you're just going to piss off all these people, all these Masataki Yoshida fans from Japan. They're just going to come over and fucking murder this guy. Yeah, I mean, I, the- just, I don't think I think that's a little strong. <laughs> I think what we should start up a collection. I'll I'll go three dollars in. Shut up. <laughs> Are you gonna I was gonna say like you, I don't think that it's I don't know what they want. I would love to I would love to have a conversation with these people just to, just as like a almost like a case study. Like what is wrong with you? I don't even want to have a conversation about what you want for the baseball. I want to know what the fuck is wrong with you as a person. That you like you gotta leave they, the kids were, out of it because it's just it, like we don't want any of the memorabilia. We just want a profile written about us of the Mexican tops. And then, the Red Sox were just scrambling. That's another thing. Why, if you're a journalist and you have the story of the season right in front of you, why didn't you go up on the monster and talk to these monsters? Do you know how many steps that takes? And do you know what I look like? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did see you yesterday. You were kind of looking like a little thicker than usual. No, you 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 didn't you didn't hear the big news. What? Uh, Insta- Instagram followers are, are well aware, but 
Alex Cora, as he was coming off the field, came and dapped me up and said, hey, kid, you look like you've lost some weight. Quitting the ice cream looks like it's really worked. So, I mean, I, if there's not an early season storyline, that might be it. Suck on it. I think he he probably was just trying to be nice to you. Because I'll be honest, I think he was being nice. I, I thought you put on at least another 50. No. Well, it was, it was cold. So there was a, I mean, no, definitely not. It's going the other way. Have you seen the ice cream giveaways? Catillo scoops. Are you are you saying that you're on a diet? Yes, yes, didn't, I am. Didn't you yep. just tweet a picture of you eating an ice cream the other night? Uh, no, I don't, are you not paying attention? To what's going no, on? I have you muted. Fuck. Uh, so the uh, previously it was an ice cream a day. Finally, ice cream a day keeps the ladies away is what the mantra was. And then this year it's. Um, an ice cream a day goes to the fans for charity. I tweet out, if anybody wants a press box ice cream, I'll make you a custom ice cream, $25 for the Jimmy Fund. They tweet they're in the house. They meet me at Gate D. I bring it to them. It's a wonderful story. That is, uh, That's pretty yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I can't like hate on that. That's pretty nice. Yeah, thank you. But you wait, so you, you make... Do, do the people in the press box know that you're monetizing their free ice cream? <laughs> some some guy tweeted at me and tagged the BBWAA and was like, is this ethical? Like, are you out of your oh mind? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's literally yeah, going to fucking cancer research. I know. Right. I, I said, I think they're probably going to be fine with it. That's just a guess. So, um, so you're collecting... The $25 or they have to show proof of donation? No, they just get us. I'm going to bring the ice cream down. Whatever toppings you want. This is for all the listeners. If you ever had a game, watch the Twitter account, 1T2L, Catillo. And it is, I tweeted out at about, you know, 10 minutes before first pitch. If you want press box ice cream, tweet it. If you claim it, I'll meet you at gate D. And then I, in my classic new line, DM your toppings, which that's what that is. And they, uh, they send, they send what they want. And I, I uh, doctor it up and bring it all down, and it's a, it's a hit success for six games. When do you bring it to them? Does the Mexican Times know that you're just selling ice cream instead of watching the game? <laughs> yeah, they know I got a side gig. Okay. Uh, the other question that I had was, uh, uh, if you're if you're bringing the ice cream to these people and you're physically making it, is it almost like you're getting your steps in by having to deliver the ice cream? but you're also kind of pleasing your brain by going through the process of making the ice cream. So does your brain almost think that you ate it because you made it? The thing is, when I'm at the machine, AirPods in, blaring someone like you by Adele. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going through the process of the love. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing the whole thing, the toppings go on, and it's like kind of the stimulation that I get with it actually going down the gullet therefore saving the pounds the steps come in it's a win-win for everybody so you just give yourself ice cream blue balls yeah i guess that's a great way to put it but it's for the jimmy fund so can we really (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're getting ice cucked yeah you know what i might i might get myself a uh, $25 ice cream next homestand. Well, that's great. That is great. We appreciate that. Gate D, I don't know if you know where that is, where you do your vanity play after every game. Why do I have to, why do I have to meet you at Gate D? Can't you just bring it to me in State Street? It's much No, because closer. you know what? I thought, I, well, maybe for you, but the first day I was like, I'm going to bring this to wherever the person is. And I thought, I'm not fucking going to center field. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, that's that tough. seems like a lot. I'm not getting that many steps. We do have a limit. State at some Street point. Pavilion ridiculous. is literally the 
section beneath you. I understand that. But so you want to inconvenience there. both of us. Just because no, you're fat I mean, doesn't mean I need to get there, my whoa. Not anymore. Not anymore, according to Alex Cora, manager. So. I wish I could. He's always, they he's also always, just got swept always, by the right? Pirates. He's trying to butter you up. Yeah. Yeah, this was yesterday. I wouldn't use the term butter. It's more margarine. Um, but he, <laughs> he, like, he's always right. He pulled Kluber after 67 pitches. He said, I'm skinny. I mean, everything's correct. So. I was I was on 98.5 The Sports Hub with Tony Maz today, uh, baseball. That's opera, my show. On 98.5 The Sports Hub FM radio. And yeah. uh, I actually gave you credit on the show tonight. I said, um, I said, Chris Cotillo has, for the most part, been the go-to guy for valuable Red Sox information. Not all of it, but most of it. Like Bradford had the, the Verdugo quote about Manoa. Uh, you really swung and missed on that one. But for the most part, yeah. I would say you're... you're well, Verdugo like, offered that up randomly, I think. So, he I mean, did. You can't, just be, you, know, you can't be talking to everybody hoping they say something at all times. But yeah. Yeah, he kind of just was like, hey, and, you, and another thing, that Alec Manoa guy, <laughs> like he wasn't asked. <laughs> that, it's not like it was a creative question where he led him to it. Verdugo is obviously just uh, uh, stirring with that take for quite some time and needed an avenue to, to let it out. Um, and can we can we tease the name redacted listeners for a second? Sure. Maybe there's a Catillo Bogarts interview here in the offing a little bit in the next couple of days. Are you going to San Diego for that or what? No, I have a, I'm going to a wedding in Atlanta and oh boy, the Padres are there. So what a treat. So you he answered you or you went through PR? Oh, no, I'm just going to go and find him. And, you know, I mean, a face like this, you can't say no. That is actually insane that you're teasing an interview with Xander Bogart <laughs> based not on the fact up. that you think he's going to talk to you just on a whim. Ballsy. Oh, let's make a bet. What's the bet? I'll an bet ice cream? I'll bet a free you an ice cream? cream? Yeah, I'll bet you an ice cream. All right. Yeah, we'll see you. Monday. All right. I'll bet you a $25 donation to the Jimmy Fund. Adios, amigo. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Um, the worst thing about the Red Sox losing this series is I need to clear something up. Last episode, I said the Clark's Ketchup MVP theme song. Uh, I, in my head, I was like, it's, it's a death metal song. Like, it's got to be like a death metal song. My dad took it this way. A bunch of people took it this way they were like giving me submissions of existing death metal songs like i should just play oh yeah no a, a, custom yeah like a death like it, i'm glad that you got it pete because i thought yeah, i was going sure. nuts i was like what did i say on the podcast that everyone thought that they should submit like a slipknot or a slayer or a pantera song and i was like no 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 like that's that's not what i'm going for here i want it to be a completely custom song and because so many people didn't understand that I was looking for a custom submission. I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get in the booth and I'm going to record the song myself. How long did it so, take? To be honest with you, 20 minutes or less. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like all I did was search for um, like death metal uh, instrumentals. And I found like a video that had 20 minutes of death metal instrumentals. And I just listened to the whole thing and I was vibing with it. And I was trying to find out like what 
fraction of this can I turn into a, a jingle about ketchup? You freestyled this. That's what you're telling me. <clears throat> so then I found a 50 second snippet of death metal music. I cut it. I fired up my podcast equipment and I, I, I still have it here. So I, I, where is it? Whatever I had, I plugged in my, uh, like earbud to my laptop. So it was playing the music, put that in my ear, but then I put my headphones on so I could hear myself and I played the song. I recorded the tracks over the music and then I took the best cuts of it. And I laid it out over the audio and boom, we've we've got ourselves a Clark's Ketchup Series MVP theme song that I cannot play on this episode because the Red Sox got swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, I want to make it clear. Jared was so proud of this that he texted the group chat <laughs> multiple times. And that Jared is not yeah. someone who will double text the group chat talking no, about no. how amazing it was and how proud of it he was. No. Very rarely does Jared like initiate the group text conversation without it being like a DM or a tweet or what or something. So for Jared to just send a text, be like, I think we got it. Oh, yeah, we got it. And like, it's 30 <laughs> minutes apart. So, you know, he's just bumping yeah. it the entire time, like buying into it Dude, more and more. The amount of times that I've listened to this is outrageous. Like I've played it in my car. <laughs> I, I, Did it oh pass the car test? Yes, it. So uh, I forget the name of the app. There was an app where you could like record yourself and then it would like auto tune it and then it would just play it over music like me and my friend Mike would just like make these like dumb songs. And this is what that reminded me of is like you can make a catchy song out of anything like this song is literally about ketchup and it's about (laughs) it's about winning more games than the other team in a in a series of Major League Baseball. Um, and being the best player during that series. That's what this song is about. That's the essence of it. But um, <clears throat> I'm very excited I, to the point where I just had visions of doing a Section 10 live show at Kowloon, at uh, uh, Bill's Bar, at House of Blues, sold out crowd, and we get to the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP part of the show, and the entire crowd is just standing and screaming the lyrics to this song, and they know every word. Like that's that's my dream. That's my dream. <clears throat> I didn't even let Jake hear it. I'm excited to hear it. Jake hasn't heard it. <laughs> no. Oh wow. No. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't let anyone hear it except for on Monday night. I let my friend Kenny hear it and he, he, he liked it. This isn't fair. You know what else isn't fair? This blue moon ad read brought to you by Jake. It really is unfair. I mean, my job is to straight up come in here week after week and take as many haymakers at Tyler as I possibly can. And look, man, Tyler's a great guy and he's honestly one of the nicest people I've ever met. But I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a blast coming in here and taking swings at him. And with the season starting back up, now I get to do it twice a week. It's the best. And you know what else is the best? Blue Moon. Some beers can say they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. And just in time for opening day, 
Blue Moon is teaming up with another ballpark brand and launching a throwback merch collection with Ebbets Field flannels. It says here to go ahead and talk about any great memories I might have around the beer, but I'm going to use this as an opportunity to talk about a future memory that I hope to have with a Blue Moon. I'm hoping that one day, let's call it 30 years from now, I can have Tyler over, we'll crack open a couple of Blue Moons, we'll sit down and we'll just listen through every ad read I've ever done about him. He'll say some things, I'll say some things, he'll tell me to spare him, I'll tell him to fuck off, but at the end of the day, we'll dap each other up, we'll hug it out, and that'll be that. Because that's what having a Blue Moon beer is all about. But for now, it's 30 more years of shitting on Tyler. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a -a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color, a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon. But you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian Style Wheat Ale. It's a -a one-of-a-kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoon.com for throwback baseball merch with Ebbets Field flannels, or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly, Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden Colorado Ale. Thank you, Jake. <clears throat> Thank, you. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Um, uh, I did... Uh, I did get to go in the booth on Monday, and I'm gonna yeah, have to like, stop doing that. The more like the booth. <laughs> Am I right? Hit the boo on the sound or on the soundboard, Jared. It's a good time for you. All right. Oh, that feels amazing. <laughs> All right. All right. By the way, in my defense, in my oh, defense. Yep. Thank In you. my defense, it's not me. Okay, I yes, Louder. he gave up two home runs. He gave up two home runs when I was in the booth, but I mean those were earned runs number six and seven. If I was out there and he was cruising through five, and then bang, 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 starts giving up all these home runs, then okay, blame me, but. <clears throat> I mean, they've been giving up home runs since the season started. Uh, it was a bad out. I mean, when you're talking about giving up earned run, the, the the outing already would have been criticized prior to those two home runs being hit. I recognize that it's not a good look. I recognize it's not a good look. Uh, I, my suggestion, stop putting me in in the top of the inning because this, this happened last year. I was in the booth in September against the Orioles and they also hit two home runs when I was in the booth that time. So this was my second time in the booth, me, Kevin Euclid, OB. And, um, I didn't even get to make the joke. Like I was planning on being like, Hey, last time I was in here, you know, fucking, they hit a ton of home runs. Hope that doesn't happen again. It was the second pitch of the inning that got hit over the fucking wall. I was just getting my headset on and there's a Homer. And then, uh, yeah, next thing you know, Reynolds hits another one to the bullpen and another two home runs are hit while 
I'm in the booth. And I, I get it. People are yelling at me, get out of the booth, blah, blah, blah. So I still don't know. Like, I thought that I thought the appearance went well. I thought it was funny. I thought it was entertaining. But I can't tell how I did because every time that I go in the booth, the Red Sox give up two home runs. So my mentions is all get out of the booth. Like, it's not get out of the booth, you suck. It's get out of the booth, they keep hitting home runs. So I can't really get an honest assessment of how I, I'm doing. I can be that for you. You were, you were good. You, you did Thank well, you. but it's one of those things. That, yes, you did well, but it's like going for ice cream and like your aunt gets hit by a car or something. You're not going to remember the ice cream. You're just going to remember your aunt getting hit by the car. And like, <laughs> and like that's more like just what it is. Like you talk about it. Well, yeah, they were the sixth and seventh run. Jared, those were the losing runs. The Red Sox they lost seven to six. So, like, yeah, yeah. you were there. I got the loss. I got the loss. Yeah, you're taking that on your record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're gonna Cutter take some Crawford accountability. Was a good sport about it. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Cutter Cutter Crawford was a good sport about it. Uh, he liked the post when I posted the video of me. Um, where is it? I was like, if this is a home run, I'm leaving. <laughs> but I just knew off the bat. Like, I fucking knew it was gone. That's it. See? That, read between the lines. This is a good broadcaster. He knew off the bat it was gone. He enjoyed it. I, I think he had a nice little time. Did you DDT him? He's, he's bigger than me. I think I'm wider than him, but he's taller than me. If this is out, I'm leaving. I Rattles, oh, my. Way back to right. Backing up for Dugo. And she is I'm gone. Leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> Into the bullpen. To make it seven to five. This is- hey, that's a good broadcaster. I knew off the bat that that was a home run. So I'm not saying that I want to. I definitely don't want to do like nine innings. And I definitely don't want to do that all the time. But get me in there in the bottom half and see what happens. Give me a chance. You're not even giving me a chance. I would like to go back because I don't remember. I'm going to go look that up and have the answer for you. Uh, maybe next episode. Who is pitching? When I was in there last time. Ooh, I think it was I remember. probably like fucking ch- who? Connor Seabold. I think. I think. Not even on the team anymore. Hold on. You're not even giving me a chance. <laughs> Get me in there. I, like, it's kind of a state, state of where the team is at for me to be like, put me in there when so-and-so is pitching. I don't even know who the fuck that name is right now. Garrett Whitlock. He's not here. Brian Bayo. Bayo doesn't give up homers. Yeah, but I mean, his first time back, it's not like he was, uh, like I, I even said to Maz, a 98.5, the sports hub. Part of the Felgren Maserati program, two to six, Monday through Friday on 98.5, the sports hub. I said to Maz, if Bayo comes back, because he asked me, like, when do we panic? I was like, first of all, it's April 5th. Second of all, the, the team is not what it's supposed to be right now. And even if Bayo comes back and doesn't, I guess, uh, perform right away, I'm not going to freak out because he didn't perform for the first month that he came up last year. Yes, but no. Like, he was unlucky. It was bad luck. It, it was, was a bad lot luck. of bad luck. I know luck. it was bad luck, but, like, even I'm just saying, it didn't, like, he wasn't pitching with the same confidence in September that he was in August. 100%. 100%. I think I have more confidence in Bayo 
you know, not dominating, but being really good on the rotation than I do Whitlock offer it. I think there's going to be an adjustment period for Whitlock as a whole. And as we've seen, Jared, I don't want to put this in your pocket, but the velocity has not been maintaining throughout Whitlock's start so far, which if it doesn't maintain, that's going to be a massive part of this conversation. I'm sorry, what happened? Uh, last time I, I watched like 90% of his last outing at AAA. He's starting tomorrow for the Sea Dogs opener. Um, but his velocity yeah, was decreasing as he went inning to inning there. Hmm. Started out, I believe it was more like 94, 95. By the end, it was like lower 90s. Hmm. How low? I, I think it was like 91, 92, maybe 91, 93. But it was ticking down as he went deeper. He's still building up. Let's see what it looks like. I think tomorrow is a big test, but that was something we saw last year at times. And I think I said it, what, two or three weeks ago on the podcast. I'm in, I, I envisioned Garrett Whitlock 95 to like 96. That's the guy I fell in love with against the Rays and the Angels. If he can't maintain that kind of stuff, it's going to be an uphill battle. Uphill battle, yeah. I'm not rooting against the guy. Oh. Spare me. Spare me what you're about to hey, say right Hey, hey, hey. Grow up. What? Look at me. You what? looking at me? Yep. Thank you. You've watched Why? this rotation, right? Yeah. You're telling me they don't need a, someone to kind of come along here and give them a boost in Garrett Whitlock? I, that is not at all what I said. I said I'm not rooting against Garrett Whitlock. I, I want him to do well. I didn't ask for your rooting interest, but from a pure, a pure person standpoint, uh-huh. this team needs Garrett Whitlock to be good. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah. believe. Believe in Garrett Whitlock, the starter. No, I do. Yeah, I believe his numbers show that he should be a reliever. But at least we have Brian Bayo. Because that guy can ball. That is a starter. No one's talking about Brian Bayo in the bullpen. Pete, you ever want to see Brian Bayo in the bullpen? No. (laughs) Front of the rotation guy. Top of the line. Jake, you like like Brian Bayo in the bullpen or the rotation? Rotation, for sure. me too. Me too. Me too. I can't wait for him to get here. What's the latest on that, Tyler? Uh, struck out eight today down at uh, Fenway South. Looked good over five mm-hmm. innings, uh, up yep. to about 72 pitches. They're saying he's probably one start behind Whitlock. So if Whitlock comes back Tuesday, is it like Sunday or beginning of the following week? So mm-hmm. Tuesday against Tampa, we're going to have Whitlock, most likely. Okay. Five so days after I'm, that should be about bail. Let's just say, let's just say it's Sunday. What are the roster moves? Oof. Based on what you've seen so far. Um, yeah, so you're definitely going to be Whitlock coming back. I'm guessing they'll move Cutter to the bullpen first. I think Josh Winkowski has really solidified his spot in the bullpen. Uh, Core came out Fair. and said it today. He was like, we're really impressed with it. The stuff's all ticking up. Like, this is someone we're kind of really buying into. He's gone six innings now out of the bullpen, just one run. Mm-hmm. It's probably Caleb Ort and Ryan Brazier. Pro- or it's probably going to be on the team. Who who are you? Let me flip the question around, Jared. Who are you kicking? Kenley Jansen and <laughs> what? Who else? Keep going. Josh Winkowski. Don't even. What? You're telling me you want Josh Winkowski out of this bullpen right now. You have lost your fucking mind. You Let's not. You told me about that turbo sinker that's hitting 97. Yeah, 96. 96. Uh, I would say it's consistently 96. I saw 96.6. So if you round it up. All right. Well, I'm I'm there. Ever add ah, the fucking hmm. uh, where, what? Just there. tell me. No. Paint the picture for no. me. No. 
no, I don't want to. I don't want to say. I don't want to say who I think is lower on the totem pole than Caleb Wart. Because Caleb Wart's probably the most reliable guy we got. Didn't look too reliable to me today. Yeah, because he's getting burnt out. You can't pitch him every day. Oh, poor Caleb Wart. How will he get by? <laughs> uh, by being used efficiently. You think he's been used too much? You you think Caleb Ort is so overworked right now that he is struggling to kind of keep up? He's it's not just about the innings. He's literally carrying the team on his back. Jared, I, I hate exhausting. to I hate to say this to you, but he but, he didn't pitch yesterday. You know who yeah, did pitch? Thinking about it, you know who did pitch? <laughs> Josh Minkowski, I saw him. And how many innings did he go? What three? Oh, three. Yeah. Did he give up a run? But that's still a three year. Right? Pete, who do you want out of the bullpen? I don't give a fuck. I just want them to win games. <laughs> okay. So you're not you going to really, give me a really roster think, move? No, I, I mean, grow up. You really think you kept Ryan Brazier over Matt Barnes, who's now at the Miami Marlins. Has he pitched yet? Yes, he's had two outings. I don't think he's given up a run, but he's super yeah. low relief. He's like sixth inning. Dominating. Maybe could it be Zach Kelly because he has options? That's the name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Options. Yeah. That's okay. I thought. I thought maybe we'd have to DFA Zach Kelly if he has options. Then yeah. Anyone with options is is. I mean Ryan Brazier. You would have to DFA. Yeah. 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 We're not. We're not. We're talking just going down to the minor leagues. We're not in terms of kicking them out. Two innings, only one hit, but also only one strikeout. But he's got those are going to come. Yeah. By the way, shout out to UConn for what they do. They want a basketball game, basketball tournament, big basketball game. Yep. Matt Barnes, big UConn guy. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I think. Uh, what you can what, feel positive. Tyler, you what? can feel Caleb work. He can go down to AAA and hang out. Go. You know, be depth when you need him. Save those bullets, Caleb. He, You're a little tired. Dude, Save them. He throws a hundred. I know. Why would you? Why would you not want him in this bullpen? Do you want to win or not? Is it this is kind of like he's like Tyler's pushing the bridgier agenda a little too hard. Whoa. He's like, oh, this Yeah. Why else would you want your best reliever in AAA? Best reliever? Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. Listen, I was respectful, unlike you. Unlike you, who completely fraudulent and pretends they've always been a Josh Winkowski guy Whoa. now. Whoa. I Whoa. tipped my cap. I took accountability and I said, you know what? Caleb Ort actually did something right. I, I can give yeah. him a little credit. I'm not buying in on him, but I can give him credit. Question. Let me ask you a question. Speak to me. When Craig Kimbrell was on the Boston Red Sox, were you, did you like Craig Kimbrell? I got fired from my first job because of Craig Kimbrell. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> the, day Craig, the day Craig Kimbrell got traded to the Red Sox, I was so excited at Jordan's Furniture that I was on my phone. And they saw me on the cameras and they fired me because I would not get off my phone. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I had to have my, uh, my best friend, shout out Puff, pick me up and uh, drive me home. That is incredible. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. It was really bad. It's not embarrassing. That's a, it's a, I mean, it's, it was probably embarrassing at the time, but that's a great uh, notch in your belt as a Red Sox fan. Well, yeah. The worst part was like, so my boy, he worked there. So I had to wait for a shift to end. Because my mom was like, I ain't fucking picking you up after you got fired. Like, you're, you're really holding it. So I had to sit on the bench out front. And then people were walking in and, like, asking me questions. So, like, I was kind of still working, even though I was fired. Wait, who did this? Jordan's Furniture, but I worked for Enchanted no, Village. But, no, but who said they're not picking you up? My mom. So she, 
she was making you wear it. Like, like because yeah. you, uh, you were excited about Craig Kimbrell getting traded to the Red Sox. Like, you didn't get caught smoking meth in the bathroom. I was at the cashier spot, and there was, like, you know, this little area where you could have your phone or your drink. And I was just, I was scrolling. I was reacting. I was, you know, yeah. just seeing everybody talk about it. And all of a sudden, someone comes up, like, Tyler, they need to see you in the back. I thought I was going to get promoted. I, I don't know. They fired you on the spot. Oh, yeah. They didn't even wait. They like told me to leave. <laughs> like, they were like, please go home. That is, that's outrageous. <laughs> it was like not even a warning? Nope. And I had never got in trouble. Now, was I great at my job? No. It was looked down upon that my, like, uh, what do you call it? The register or whatever. It was off a little bit at times. You know, I'm not the most precise what guy. The fuck? It was only like a couple bucks. Right. This seemed like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> I was only there like 12 days. So, like, it, it's pretty hard to break the cattle's back that quickly. They fired you after 12 days. How bad of an elf were you? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I didn't understand it. A lot of bad things happened in the 12 days. Like, I did the popcorn machine, and I, like, split open my glove and cut my hand because it was all buttery. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, you know what? Right, serving people bloody popcorn. I'm on Jordan's furniture side now. <laughs> yeah, same. Please don't. Please. We talk about yeah. burying the lead, my well, dude. Yeah. Well, it was a worker like, mishap. This fucking guy, this fucking guy bled in the popcorn. He stole our money, and now he's on his phone. Like, just fire this guy. Like, it's only going to get worse. Get <laughs> I never stole any money. It only I cut myself one time accidentally. <laughs> Tyler's like, they fired me for being on my phone. Meanwhile, he's giving like four-year-olds Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and popcorn. Yeah. It was my first job. Look. I was trying my I best. I support Jordan's. I do. Great, great company. Great business. Shame yeah. on them. It's not a furniture store. It's like an experience. Right. I'm going to go buy a fucking couch from. Jordan's yeah, I'm going to buy this. a new couch to support Fuck them. you guys. Yeah. I'm big on their side on that one. I had something similar happen to me. Kind of. <clears throat> uh, I the day that I got hired part time at Barstool in 2014, I was on my phone all day because I mean, I was like the tweet that was the, that was the first time that my Twitter like popped off like that. And I was just like watching the tweets roll in. And then uh, my bosses were like, all right, you have to, you can't have your phone on you anymore. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, like you have to like leave it in the office. Like it can't even like be in the same room as you. I was like, I, this is an elementary school. Like, no, uh, you definitely can't do that. <clears throat> My grandfather was like sick in the hospital at the time, too. So I was like, yeah, like, you know, I was like, I'll I'll like keep it like in my cubby, like where my keys and shit are. But I'm not leaving it in your office where like sometimes you're not even there. And like you guys are like in and out. Like there's like people walking it like someone could like steal it. Then what? Like, nope, nope. That's the rule. That's the rule. Sorry. Like if your parents need to get in touch with you because of your grandfather, then uh, they can call the office. And I was like, you know what? I think I fucking quit. And um, I walked. I walked out. Yeah, last time I went uh, to work there, I was not that cool as a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, no, I don't. <clears throat> I don't play that shit. So that was uh, that was the day that I <laughs> that I got hired. <laughs> was the day that I got hired part-time at Barstool. Cost me my part-time job. Um. Comcast Xfinity. <laughs> Listen, there is so much basketball to watch right now. It is crazy. And like a ball with a funky spin, it can be hard to get a handle on it all. 
Now you can stay on top of all the madness with Xfinity 10G network. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra low lag. So you and everyone you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a shot. And if you're on the go, Xfinity will still be there with the assist with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. So after this series against the Pittsburgh Pirates, I think we can conclude going back to the Orioles series. The pitching is going to be an issue. Uh, The defense has been an issue. In the series against Pittsburgh, the offense was an issue. Of what we've seen so far, what do you think is a microcosm of the season? Going to be a microcosm of the season? And what do you think is sort of the, uh, that's going to correct itself at some point, I'm not worried about it, part of of what we've witnessed? Peter? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? (laughs) I just got back. From where? I just was going to grab my wallet. Oh, you weren't there that whole time? Uh, No. Okay. So what I said was, in that series against Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. bad defense. Yes. The whole season, pretty much, besides the Kluber and Hauk starts, the most recent Kluber one, uh... Bad pitching performances. The offense against Pittsburgh, bad. What do you think has been, what do you think is going to exist the entire season? Like, what is like an issue? What is something that's concerning based on what you've seen? And what is something where it's like, yeah, that was just a bad series. Like, I'm not worried about it. Uh, Season long, I'd probably say first concern is pitching. Like that's I think that everybody in the offseason was like, I don't think the pitching's good enough. Mm-hmm. So like that has carried that was it was bad in the first series and they they outscored their problems bad. This series didn't outscore their problems. So I, I have the most faith that that's going to continue. Um, And then what I'm not worried about is the offense. Like it's just I, I think that this this offense is pretty good. Like I, I think that you look up and down the lineup. There's not many guys that like. I don't think can come up in in big spots like I, I think that it's not the best lineup I've ever seen. But I, I, you know, in the first series looking down, I was like, oh, shit, this is like actually better than I was kind of anticipating, especially if Yoshida is like a beast. And I think from what we've seen from him to this point, a lot of reason to be encouraged that he's going to be really big for this team. On the point about Yoshida, I think it was Stats that had the tweet about how he's driving pitches up, down. Instead of instead of going with a pitch and elevating it, maybe to the opposite field, uh, he's, he's kind of swinging. He's like chopping at the ball and hitting those balls into the ground that he could be flicking the other way for doubles. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not down on Yoshida. It's, it's his first week of Major League Baseball. We got a long way to go. It's, it's week one of a five-year deal. I think he's going to have to develop somewhat of a different approach. Not to change his game, but to maximize his potential. Because we already know the pop is there. You just need an approach that's going to 
connect the two. You've got the pop. You're swinging. I mean, you, you at least have the strike zone awareness. You're swinging at these pitches that are up in the zone, but they're in the zone. He can do damage with that. Don't drive that shit into the ground. Fucking flick it the other way. Put it off the wall. Drive it over the fucking wall in the bullpen. There's, uh, there's definitely some work to be done there, but I'm not. There's no part of me that's like he can't do that. So, just some early Yoshida observations. I, I will there's say that one play. Yeah, today, right? Like that was the yeah, first the time we've ever. And you know what? Actually, kind of two of them. It was that ball that bounced right in front of the wall. That's the first time we've really seen him make a mistake. He was also supposed to throw to second on that ball that rolled past Devers that Devers didn't cut off that uh, Connor Wong had rolled by and then Devers got clipped by uh, Cruz. But Cora also said after the game that he was supposed to go to second with that ball. Hmm. Yeah, I think the way I would frame it, the thing over the first two series, I think it's just going to be consistency and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs with this team. I think they're going to be an inconsistent ball club. And I think you're going to see that for a multitude of reasons. I think it's guys like Adam Duvall who he, when he's hot, as we saw those first couple of days, whoa, there's been a couple of bats since where you're like, oh my God, like it's three strikes and it's kind of a wrap for him. I throw a Kike Hernandez in there. Another guy who's kind of streaky. Tristan Cassis, as he adjusts like his first season at the end of spring training, we were all like, oh, boom, Cass is about to come out ripping. He's had kind of a hard time on both sides of the ball, really. Uh, the last couple of days, especially. he's also been over aggressive at times, too. Exactly. Uh, Reese McGuire, someone who looks like he might be playing above his head a little bit. You know what I mean? Especially behind the plate, like that pass ball wasn't great. And I don't throw all the base running stuff on him, but he definitely hasn't. Whatever it is in terms of gaining control of that, and he only plays an element of it, it hasn't been great. You know, I've been a little underwhelmed by him defensively so far this season, which I mean, they're fucking like. 14 for 14 and stolen base attempts against him. And, you know, that partially goes to Dave Bush, too, who these pitchers just seem like they don't make adjustments ever. Um, They just kind of deal with it. And it is what it is. Um, And then I throw in the rotation as you watch a Chris Sale, a James Paxson try to get back on track for their careers when they haven't pitched in years. Whitlock converting to the rotation. I think there's going to be some really nice stretches for them. I also think there's going to be some really tough stretches. And I think the inconsistency we saw over the first six games it's going to be kind of something we see, you know, from week to week where, yeah, I see it. It looks good. Other weeks like, geez, you get some 2022 vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. De- yeah, 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 yeah. Because after after the Duval walk off Homer, I definitely saw the. Oh, man. 2013. You could see it. Back. Like, <laughs> like I saw some of that. And then now you, you see this series against Pittsburgh immediately after. And you're like, fuck, this is. This is a continuation of last year, isn't it? So I don't know. I mean, you're going to Detroit. You're playing a team that's not very good in Detroit. So uh, the home run issue hopefully won't be a problem in Detroit. Like the ball, it's a, it's cold. B, it's just a not a home run friendly ballpark there. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I would say for me, the defense was more mental mistakes then like this guy does not possess the ability to make the play. Like there were so many plays up the middle, uh, guys dropping the ball in the transfer. How many fucking times did that happen? Both, both middle infielders like Arroyo did it. Kike did it balls up the middle. That could have been double plays that were dropped on the transfer. That happened multiple times. You realize how like 
grateful you were and almost maybe you took it for granted watching Bogarts and story and like you didn't even think about that. Like that wasn't even something that went through your head. And then you see it happen like four times in two days and you're like, holy shit. Like and yeah. Kike is a really good defender. Arroyo, he's solid at second. He's not a disaster, but that's the gap between, you know, Xander Bogarts and Trevor Story up the middle. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because to me, I'm sitting there thinking like, is it so cold that they can't feel their hands or something? Or like you're just you're used to seeing Bogarts and Story up the middle and uh, not it's not a knock on them. It's not a knock on Kike and Arroyo. It's more just a compliment to how smooth and solid having Bogarts and Story up the middle was. The last update that I saw in Story made it seem like he's like doing baseball things. Yeah, so he's going to really start throwing. It's been a couple days after. It's like, call it, I think it was two weeks when I put the tweet out, like maybe three days ago. So maybe 10 days, he's going to start throwing a little bit. And then it's a little under four weeks and he's going to start hitting or, you know, swinging a bat. So let's just say that goes smoothly and he starts hitting in four weeks. What timetable does that put him on for a big league return? McCaffrey was pretty like steady in her breakdown saying like, This isn't an update. This isn't, you know, he's ahead of schedule or anything like that. It's more things are just progressing very well. Like it's not looking like the potential that he won't be back this year because that was a real thing. Maybe if it took longer or whatever it is, he's definitely more on the side of I'm going to be back this season, but they didn't want to put anything in stone one way or the other. I think it's still pretty early. Look at Mondesi. Like, dude, who was thinking Mondesi was going to end up missing two months? And there is another article now saying like, yeah, we're going to still see. He hasn't been cleared to do anything in a game or anything like that. So he's still not fully like his knee isn't where it needs to be to be Mondesi. I mean, wasn't that the big knock on Mondesi is that he's just never healthy? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, part of it was 60 day IL stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's clear, you know, the timetable is taking a little longer than they probably originally anticipated. I also just never really factored Mondesi into what we got going on this year. I honestly forgot they fucking had that guy <laughs> until you just mentioned his name. I totally forgot they got him. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like a, it's a nice piece to have in the holster, but I'm worried about, you know, you get Trevor Story back. Like, where, where, you know, I, I guess like Arroyo is the odd man out in the infield, but. It's not like uh, it's not like it's too fucking early to be talking about that anyway. Like who's going where when story comes back like that's far off and there's too much. There's not even nearly the sample size that you would need to make a a determination on who the fucking odd man out is. Injuries will (laughs) happen. Usually that stuff figures itself out. Yeah. And it's six goddamn games. Six. Can I can I say what I'm kind of worried about with this upcoming series? Sure. I I think this series, and I'm not trying to be dramatic or anything. I think depending on what direction this team is going to go, it really comes on the line. Yeah, not on the line. That's dramatic. It's like, like I said, it's a bridge year, right? But I think if they don't show up against the Tigers, it gets scary, man. You got the race coming up for four games. Like that team hasn't lost yet. Like the Rays have been absolutely looking great. That rotation is terrifying. Look through the rest of April. It's not an easy schedule. So by no means, if they lose a couple games to Detroit, say they lose two out of three or whatever, am I going to sit here and say, oh, fuck, like, what are we going to do? But you need to put yourself in a position here where you're not digging any deeper into this hole. It is not an easy month for you. You've kind of wasted that opportunity against Pittsburgh now where you could have got some of that breathing room. 
you're not going to have much breathing room here. And we've all agreed how important it is for a strong start. You really need to show up this series. I'm already exhausted from this team. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like, I'm tired of living my life in fear. It's like it's like playing uh like one of those like computer games where like we don't have the the health and the armor. Like we have we have a we have a like I, I want to be the powerhouse. I don't want to be the the tribe that is just in fear for its life all the time. Like I want to yeah. be it's April 5th and the Red Sox have one HP in a dream. <clears throat> yeah. Like I don't want to I want to be higher up on the the predator prey scale. I feel like we're just always prey and I don't like that. Like it was it was really fun being the predator. If you just go here, right, they're going to play Detroit the next three days or, you know, through the weekend or whatever. It's Tampa Bay, the Angels, the Twins, the Brewers, the Orioles and the Guardians for the rest of this month. Like, if you saw the Red Sox matching up, would you feel super confident in any of those series? No. So, you know, f- figure it out. You need to go take care of business against Detroit because you did not do it this series. It's not like, listen, they could go out and win those games. I'm not going to act like they can't. Um, you can get hot, whatever may happen, but you're making your life very hard. Very, very hard. This has not been a very positivity horn podcast. We can't play it, though. There's no way we can no, we play can't. it right now. No, 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 no. There's no way. Unless there is a oh, way, Tyler. Please. Unless there is a way. They're going to be playing the Detroit Tigers. They're not even a real baseball team. Sale day tomorrow. Sale day. Redemption tour, baby. There's no way Chris Sale is going to have the most embarrassing outing of his career and follow that up with something that's worse. Hit me again, Tyler. Let's go. One more time. There's no fucking way. No fucking way. Chris Sale is going to have a situation on his hands where he's not out there dominating the fucking Detroit Tigers. That team sucks. That team is fucking garbage. This is going to be a series where the Red Sox get back on the right track. The offense is going to be cranking out doubles. Maybe one more time. One more time. Doubles, homers, extra base hits everywhere. We're going to see good defense. We're going to make good decisions. We're going to make good decisions with the baseball in the infield, in the outfield. We might even throw out a motherfucker or two. I don't know. Are they going to try and run on us? Yup. Are we going to try and test that arm? All right. Get him, Reese. That's just how I feel about it. We need to be positive. (sighs) I'm being about as positive as I can be. I'm glad nobody said that the Pirates were a poverty franchise before uh, before this series started. No. Curse of did you say that, Pete? I sure did. Uh, did you predict a sweep? Sure did. Uh, we're in the wrong direction. This is where Jake plays uh, chess, not checkers. He just says sweep and doesn't doesn't clarify which team he's talking about. <laughs> well, you're trying to say that Jake doesn't believe his picks. No, I'm just saying that Jake is is really uh, he he's got two positions outs. himself where he he's could where outs. he could yeah. he could go either way. Yeah. That's a man that's got options. 
But at the end of the day, Jake is never going to try and do a victory lap by saying no, sweep, not. not saying which team, and then have it be the other team and then say, I was right about that. He would just not do that. No, he wouldn't do it, but he could do it if he wanted to, if he was a, if he was a lesser man. But he's not. He's a great man. Mm-hmm. Shall we look ahead? Me, I, I, me, I, pick, I say sweep, and then I completely demean the other team, and then they sweep us, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I put, I put some respect on the Pittsburgh Pirates name. Couldn't be me. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn Nicotine Pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn Nicotine Pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve lasting chains, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It hurts watching about how much I talked about Brian Reynolds this offseason to watch him do what he did to the Red Sox. Mm. Not a good feeling. I mean, think about it this way. If this were 2003... Theo sees that performance and he's like, I, I need to get that guy on this team. He likes hitting at Fenway. We play at Fenway. But it, it's 2023. Yeah, it's 20 years later. That's crazy. 2003 was 20 years ago. Have you had a little bit of a midlife crisis with your birthday passing? Like I'm someone every year when my birthday comes around, I, I do a lot of self-reflection. Uh, normally I do this year. I think I think once. I remember being 29 and then when you turn 30, you think that you like cross over into another realm where it's like, this is the beginning of the end. It's like you're on the Titanic and it's like, you think that the boat is going up and it's like any second now it's going to snap in half and then sink. Now it's kind of like I, I like once you get into your thirties, you dip your toe into the water. And then when you see that the water is actually nice, and you're like, oh, okay. But not everyone dips their toe in the water when they're 30 and it's nice. I think for someone like Pete and I, um, Pete, how old are you? I am going to be 32 Jeez. this year. Okay. So I'm sure you can attest I to this. I appreciate that, sorry. Tyler. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> After last episode, I think I've earned it. That, yeah. True. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, that I'm sure you have friends that didn't age fantastic. Oh, yeah. There are people that I went to like my high school reunion this past year. There are people that are just roaming around Saugus. They look like they're 55 and they're some of them are younger than me. Is it a balding thing? It's it's the way the booze, the the pills. It's it's all of it. Just how you wear it. Yeah. Like people just like don't take good care of themselves. So I was like, all right, like I'm like in like my mid 30s now. And I feel like I look 
the same as I was when I was fucking 25. I just have hair now, which is better. It's like, I, I yeah, your hair is way like your, your hairline is anywhere. only going up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't have, I mean, I got some grays on the side or whatever, but like, I'm not going gray. I'm not getting fat. I'm fucking, you know, I'm probably in the best physical condition I've ever been in. Well, so like mid 30s is kind of male peak, isn't it? I think so. Like personally, like I, I think it depends on the guy. There's a lot of people. That yeah, like, for, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. But like personally, like brain development, I feel much better than I did like five <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Got a lot more money. Like my hair's still here. I'm in good shape. Like I feel like I'm in my peak area. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm I at. feel good about it. You got to take care of yourself though. Yeah. Both physically and mentally. Right. Like, I don't drink a lot. At all. Work out. Uh, I don't look at my Twitter mentions anymore. I work at a company that promotes a much healthier work environment now. I'm happier. I'm happier and I'm healthier in my 30s than I was essentially in my 20s. We should also point out, though, like a big factor here is that neither one of us have children. I know that's that like true. I have friends who like are in their 30s around this age and they've got kids. And I like I could never hold it against against them that like, oh, you're not in as good of shape as you used to be. Oh, you don't have as much money as you used to be. You look a little tired there, pal. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I've got a fucking one year old who's ripping apart my house yeah. after I work nine hours at the office. Fuck you. Yeah, you blog in your fucking office in your, your house and you have no kids. Yeah. I mean, you have like a nephew that's a kid. I'm sure you. He's not mine. Yeah, but like he, he takes up some of your time. There's no responsibility there on my part. <clears throat> tried, I tried it's to throw great. you It's the best. Yeah. I pre- it's like I half mean, credit. the best yeah once you get to like that age where you know like what you got is what you got and if you got is what what you have is good then you're in good shape like pete's hair holding up strong i know dudes my age that are full-blown gray gray's fine who jared have you seen his dad's that's hair? Dad, dad, no, that's a great point. That is very my true. dad's hair is still this. He's color. got like probably the strongest hair genetics on the planet. Yeah, I, I've got the nukes, dude. I think my dad's got a little like salt and pepper in his beard, but he, yeah, but that's a good. Look. I know, I like that. But my dad, he's got the same hairline, straight across, same hair color. People think that he like dyes his hair too. Like, there's no balding, still brown, fucking yeah. He's just a beast. You thought I dyed Jake, my you got fucking a strong hair, Tyler? I don't know. Like, all right, I'll speak personally. Like, I'm already, my beard, like, is getting a little gray sometimes. Like, <laughs> I've noticed some gray hairs. Um, yeah. And it scares me. You know what I mean? Because, like, you guys are talking right now. I, I pictured myself at 30 years old. I don't know what that's going to look like. I, don't be scared of the grays, yeah. man. The grays are not scary. Like, you, you can dye gray super easily, but also gray is kind of in. But like, yeah. I've got, I know on like the sides, I've got a lot of grays. It, it depends on what camera you use. Like, I don't see them here at all, but 
my barber took a picture of me to put on his website after he cut my hair and it's super fucking gray. So her line is very is strong. strong. Wow. Jake has a yeah. strong hairline mm-hmm. as well. Appreciate me that. Too. Yeah, my dad still has really good hair and he's in his 60s and so did my grandfather, so I think I'm good for a there bit. You go. good. You're in good shape. Hair kings. Hmm. Maybe that's what Beatles mad about. <laughs> oh god. Shots fired. <laughs> I think Beetle looks fantastic. The Stop and Shop Look Ahead, brought to you by Stop and Shop. Head on down to Stop and Shop. Use the promo code SECTION10 to get 10% off your order of tangerines tangerines only at stop and shop in game one we're getting chris sale versus spencer turnbull by the way uh the last time i used that someone was listening to the podcast in their car and they thought that someone was like firing rounds into their (laughs) fucking window like sorry dude sorry dude that was the first one was louder uh, game two, Tanner Houck versus Joey Wentz. And then the finale is Cutter Crawford versus Matthew Boyd. These are all day games. These are all day games. And the rare uh, f- is we got an off day on Friday, right? Yes. So weird. Yeah, we got a weird ass Friday off day. Is that because of the uh, opening day insurance? Must be. So, yeah, this this series is Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Woo. That sucks. Uh, The Red Sox last year were five and one against the Tigers with a plus 10 run differential. Uh, Red Sox last year were not a good road team, though. 35 and 46 with a negative 33 run differential on the road. Uh, Spencer Turnbull. Got his ass eaten out in his season <laughs> debut. Congrats. <laughs> Coming off Tommy John. Yeah. 0-1, two and a third innings, eight hits, seven earned, three walks, only three strikeouts. He missed all of last year with an injury. Uh, his first start, he kind of he ran into the Tampa Bay Rays, the undefeated juggernaut Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, he averages 93.4 miles per hour with the fastball. Um, developed a changeup since the last time he appeared. He only threw an 8% of his starts in 2021, and he threw it 22% of the time in his first start against Tampa. Slider got absolutely demolished by the Rays, a 98-mile-per-hour exit velocity. Uh, the Rays were 3-for-5 with a double against his slider. Uh, Red Sox hitters all time, two for 10 with a double. That belongs to Kike Hernandez. Joey Wentz, 0 and 1 with uh, five and a third innings, four hits, three earned, one walk, three strikeouts. Um, he was part of the Shane Green deal 
in 2019 with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he's making his ninth career start, the second of this season. He made seven starts last year. In his seven starts last season, he went two and two with a 3.03 ERA, a 110 WHIP, 7.4 strikeouts per nine, and a 3.54 FIP. So, I mean, pretty good, albeit not great strikeout numbers, but pretty good. He is a six foot five lefty, but he only throws 93.5 miles per hour. Mostly four seam cutter, change up pitcher. Cutter's his best pitch. Uh, last year, 154 batting average, 254 expected slug. Um, he's never faced the Red Sox. This is the first time facing the Red Sox. Matthew Boyd did not get a decision his first time out. Four and a third, two hits, two earned, three walks, three strikeouts. Uh, he played for Seattle last year. Hmm. Only Seattle. Uh, he's only thrown about 150 innings his last three seasons. He had the flexor tendon injury in 2022. Um, not a ton of data to go on, obviously, with the limited innings pitch, but his fastball, low 90, slider, and changeup are his best pitches. Um, he's thrown more changeups to lefties this year than he did in 19, 20, 21, and 22 combined. Uh, Red Sox hitters, five for 18 with a double, a walk, seven strikeouts. Rob Ref Snyder, expect to see him in the lineup on Sunday. Three for six with a double and just overall notoriously a lefty killer. But he has a history against Matthew Boyd, who's a great guy, by the way. I like Matthew Boyd. Um, yeah, just a little note here on Chris Sale. He cleared 95 plus five times in the first inning in his season debut. He only did that four more times the rest of his outing. So I don't know. I mean, it's something that we talked about before, whether or not he was doing that to locate better. It didn't really help. Slider accuracy, not super crisp. Of the 16 that he threw, eight were non-competitive pitches. (sighs) So Cutter has a cutter now. I mean, Tanner Houck has a cutter now. It was the second most used pitch in his uh, debut this season. Hitters were just one for seven and whiffed 33% of the time. He threw it exclusively to lefties, which I thought was interesting. Did you know this, Tyler? It makes sense considering, like, if you asked me that off top, I wouldn't have known that. But considering lefties often eat him up, I understand why. Yeah. Need something Only through his cutter to lefties. And uh, had some success with it there. All three of his runs were on home runs. Killed Adley with that cutter. Ended up mm. behind him. Cutter Crawford. He's got good stuff. 15 whiffs in his season debut. Tied for the fifth most in an outing this year. Hmm. His three home runs allowed were on three different pitches, but were all middle of the plate. My guy's not locating. So... All right, it is series prediction time. Peter? Uh, I'm going to say two out of three for the Sox. Mm. I won't. I'll learn from my mistake. 
won't call the Detroit Tigers a poverty franchise, mm-hmm. but they're poor. <laughs> they shouldn't be, though. Mm-hmm. Jake? I got a Red Sox sweep. Okay. Oh, wow. He threw a team on it. There Boom. we go. Wow. Okay. Tyler. I'm battling here. You're battling between two out of three or one out of three, aren't you? I'm not. You're going to pick a sweep? I'm highly considering it. You know what? I, I'm going to wow. reel it in. I'm going to reel it in. I'll go two out of three. I, I'm not strong enough. I don't have the balls to do it. Um, but I will take two out of three. I think Chris Sale comes out. We see him make a little bit of a statement. Not. I'm not telling you he's going to go out there and throw a seven or anything. But we're going to get a good Chris Sale start that kind of sets the tone. The Tigers just took two out of three from the Astros. That's their good baseball for a little bit. So I expect them to come back to Detroit and look like absolute dog shit. Cutter will be better. You take them out of that homer prone Fenway. Hopefully things click a bit. Kike and Duvall coming back to the lineup tomorrow. I think it's a good series. A little nervous. Tanner Houck was good last time out. I don't know if I'll buy two good Tanner Houck starts in a row. Wow. So you think he's a fraud as a starter? Yes. Wow. Shots fired. That's that's beneath you. You know you want Helk in the bullpen. Um, I like him in the rotation for now. Yeah. Fill the gap. But this is probably the last. Yeah, actually, he'll probably get two more starts. Mm. I guess we'll see. What do you have? Uh, I have the Red Sox taking two out of three in this series. I like two out of three. How do they lose? Um, man, I I don't want to say Crawford's the guy. But if I were to pick a starter to falter in this series, I think it might be Crawford. His last start in the rotation, too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Two out of three. Man, I really wish I could play the Clark's Ketchup song. We're going to play it in a couple days. This week, we're going to play it Sunday. I really wish I could play it. Fuck you. I really wish I could play that song. Dick. It's a it's a great song. Sounds like a bop. It's a banger. That's what it is. Excuse me. Jake, I'll send it to you after the show. Fuck what? you. Why? Jake Fuck gets off. to hear it and we can't? Yes. Spare me. No, I'll send it to Pete too. Spare me. It's been a hard week. Yeah, hopefully the opening to the show doesn't cause any more problems in the workplace. I think we're going to take okay. steps forward. Yeah, I let's let's have a what are those called? A, a, a intervention. Like, it's like a peace treaty. That works too. 
a summit. I think that's the word I was looking for, a summit. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts here? Jake's takes? Um, have we approved the song over with the folks at Clark's yet? Yeah, the, actually, I did send the song to the CEO of Clark's Ketchup, and he said they might use it in television commercials. They might use it in a Super Bowl ad next year. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. I do have a final thought. Please. Shaughnessy is attempting to ratio me on Twitter right now. I don't know oh, if you I guys saw, saw it. I, I don't want to know the number. But either way, his take still fucking sucks. Thinking it's, oh, laughing at the Red Sox for being in last place after one game. Whatever. You took four days. I'll take my four days and let's see where we stand. But making fun of a team for being in last place after one day is stupid either way. That's all I have to say. Is Shaughnessy kind of having like a resurgence later in his career right now where he's the. Uh, he's like the overlord of, of the negative Red Sox fans. So the like 60 the, the and plus group. fans that hate them. Yeah. Well, no, I think like, the younger fans are positive. Oh, I, I think the younger fans hate them. No, no, I'm saying I'm, I'm talking about like the, how they see the Red Sox. Like I'm the the people that are congregating to support Dan Shaughnessy's takes are all over the age of 58. No offense to anyone that's over 58. I mean, we've got people that are 58 that listen to this show. We appreciate you guys. Love you. I feel like I feel like most young people only know about Dan Shaughnessy because of the dunks on him, yeah. not for anything that he's known for. Yeah. That's sad. I'm going to get him on the podcast. He hates I think I, You know what? He hates a lot. I of think that he'd be him. a really good podcast. Guest. Yeah, because he I I have the ability to humanize Dan Shaughnessy and I will do that. <laughs> oh, God. like I do. I think my opening question to Dan Shaughnessy, if he came on this podcast, would be like, what's up, you piece of shit? (laughs) (laughs) I think that would just offer so much relief to so many people just hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and he would give it right back, which is why we get along so great. Is because he, he does at times act like a piece of shit, but he doesn't care if you say that to him, at least if there's like a respect there. If it's not malicious, which obviously it's not, I like Dan, but sometimes he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> Jared, I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but what what'd mm-hmm. you call him last week? A wrinkly old was it a penis? He he penis. looked like a like a like a a penis from the seventies. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I, his hair he does. looks like he 70s does pubes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just love to see his reaction. Born on before Tyler? No. I want that's your homework assignment. Seventies porno. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I want you. I want you to see like an authentic, like '70s pubic region. I'll Male send you some links. Okay. What you're gonna? Oh, oh, for like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to pick yeah, okay. the wrong one or something that's not gonna get me where yeah. I need to go. Right. Thought you had like a folder, and you were like, "I'm gonna, I'll, I'll see, I'll send you some links." Mm-hmm. I have not ventured into that uh, part of the porn world yet. Okay. Um. I was going to say something it's always, else. It's always good to try new things. Sock Central. Oh, uh, the Section 10 Reddit page. Half of them were complaining that the episode was too long and some of them were saying it wasn't long enough. And they're like, oh, you know, we've been... We, the episode was, what, like an hour 40? Yeah. With and, the Ortiz interview? I mean, 
with the Ortiz. Yeah, you you got with an interview Ortiz with David interview. Ortiz plus and you got an hour 40 podcast. And I even said, you can blame me. If if an hour and 40 minutes wasn't enough for your fucking Red Sox Orioles coverage, uh, it was Sunday, right? Yeah. It was Sunday, WrestleMania. There were people that were meeting outside my house. Like people were coming over for WrestleMania. So that's why it was only an hour and 40 minutes. Sorry. I think I think like the big complaint was like we did like three hour episodes in the off season and then there was like actual baseball to talk about and somehow it was cut in half. Well, but like, I mean, we covered a lot of ground in that hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, There's only so much you can say about three games against the Baltimore gonna, Orioles. Yeah, we're not going to go pitch by pitch against fucking opening day series. No or opening season opening. series, And the podcasts are generally not longer during the season. They're longer in the off season because we just go off on tangents and we're once a week. Yeah. Yeah, tw- yeah, twice a week or three times a week or whatever during the regular season. <laughs> Only twice. I will say there's a great post at the top. You want to go three times a week? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> if he wants a bonus third episode a week. The Pete cast. Pat, Pat and the Pat L and Pete B show. I don't know Never what's got going an episode on of that. with Pat. Um, there was something very concerning on his Twitter the other day. I forgot about. Do you like his new thing now? Instead of tweeting out business quotes, he just replies to business tweets. <laughs> but like, he's just a reply guy now. It's crazy. Like, he's not, it'd be one thing if you were gonna see like a business tweet and then quote tweet it to add your commentary. He's just like hopping in the replies and replying to these business accounts. He's and, trying to get those followers. Man. And he loves to put LOL in his tweets, which is like just not good Twitter etiquette. But, what is he doing? What's this guy doing? I don't know, man. Like, I miss him though. I miss him too. Yeah. Mm. When I get the apology, 50, he tweeted this per Nick Huber tweeted $100 customer, quote, this is unacceptable. Please call me ASAP. We need to talk. You're going to need to make this right. $10,000 customer. Send wiring instructions. <laughs> and then Pat replies to it. My father gave me one rule of business when starting my own. Your target demographic should be wealthy people. It'll be easier to get $50,000 from them than it will be to get $50 from someone else. That's good business advice from business Pat. And he's just re- it is. responding to some random $50,000 is more than 50. That's a fact. I don't know if you knew that. That's a fact. It's good business. If somebody offers you $50 and somebody else offers you 50000 you should definitely take that $50,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like, that's day one of business school. At Fit Founder tweeted, enjoy your life, just live a little. Things people say when they're trying to convince you to eat sugary foods or drink alcohol. And Pat said, I am very guilty of this. To be fair, I own bars and restaurants, though. Got bills to pay. LOL. Hashtag relatable. (laughs) He got a whole fucking eight likes on that tweet. (laughs) Oh, man. That's a banger. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I mean, did I, you? Uh, just now? <laughs> I didn't like it before. Yeah. Now. That was oh, a pity like. Now let's go. <laughs> Pat, come back. 
I miss business, Pat. I miss like unapologetic business, Pat. Like this is who I am now. He's a, he's a suit now. He's suit, Pat. Okay, we'll get him back someday. Please do. All right, we'll see you on Sunday. Buenas noches, amigos.